Cel de luna menys a mare, mamma mi, mamma de dare. Set the fear upon the sea, fill your main pachacho to. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Hollywood Godfather Podcast. This is a second part of the Anastasia legacy. We talked about Albert. Now we're going to go into the other parts of the family, and you'll be surprised how this family, I want to say, maybe straightened themselves out and became very legitimate business people after a couple of rough beginnings, and we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. So... Where are we going to start? Should we start at our book? Well, you tell us. I mean, this was, uh, you had a a big connection with uh, Albert's brother. Yeah, Tony Anastasia. Early on, fortunately, uh, I got to meet him. And as we were saying last week, where they were all connected to Gambino, I used to see Mr. Gambino in the neighborhood at Ferrara's or just walking down to this club. And I deliberately wanted to see him because he was a great mentor to me in my early days because as like most of us being raised in an Italian-American neighborhood, you always saw these guys, not so much Carlo Gambino, but they were always the best dressed. You know, they, they really did no, no work. They had no job to go to. They had the best cars and they always had money in their pocket. O'Neill and those guys that I was hanging around with. Mr. Gambino was more of a respected, uh, you know, family man and very low key, fortunately for him. And the one guy that used to come down there a lot was Tough Tony, only to find out Tough Tony was Anastasia's younger brother. And he was a stowaway on the ship coming over also. And they got their upbringing in the Longshoremen early on because when they jumped ship, in Brooklyn, they started. They never left. They never left, mm-hmm. and they kept <laughs> running that pier and everything else. And as as we mentioned earlier, a lot of these guys are very religious. And I don't know how we talked about it because uh, I came back. I just came from church, and it came up with Mr. Gambino, and they and he said that, uh, you know, this kid goes to church all the time, like him. He, he basically built a church called Lady, a Lady Mont Carmel in Brooklyn. Who was this, Anastasia or the Anastasia Gambino? family, yeah. Okay. No, Gambino, I, I never got into, you know, those guys you don't ask if you go to church. It's like, you know, either they talk about it or they don't talk about it. Okay. But some of these guys are really open about it, going to church and all that. And so uh, he said to me, where were you confirmed? I said, I haven't been confirmed yet. He said, how old are you? I said, I'm 15. Well, they used to do it early on, later. Maybe, maybe explain to some of our listeners who yeah. aren't Catholic. Well, yeah, is. okay. For a non-Catholic, there are like seven sacraments you receive. At birth, and then uh, then you have your First communion and First communion, penance. And then, then, yeah, then your confirmation. And, and your... Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> we are doing a show here. Um, and so it's that kind of a thing that, so we got into the conversation, he said, why aren't you confirmed? Because I know, I remember in Catholic school, like all my cousins, they were like 12 years old. Right. There was seven first total community at 12. Mm-hmm. So I was already 15. Well, so, you were otherwise engaged during those formative years. Yeah, I know, but I- That's I, true, I, you were a little bit busy. But I was going to yeah. church, but I wasn't going to school. So I wasn't going to Catholic school. I wasn't taking catechism classes or anything like that. Yeah, right. They didn't have any of that in the hospital, I assume. No, and and okay. not only that, it was a situation where, you know, I was making too much money. Really, and I, I, I was always made my own rules of how I handled religion, mm-hmm. because you know the Ten Commandments. By the time I was twelve, I went through eight of them already. Broke a lot <laughs> of them. I, I, I used to talk with you. They were the Ten Suggestions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they are. But basically, all right, all right. but so we got into the conversation. And he said to me, next Sunday, come to Brooklyn and we'll, have a, 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 we'll confirm you. Hmm. And how old were you at this point? I was 15, I remember exactly. Okay. I just told him I was 15. And this was 1957 or 58, I remember that. And, and it was in like, you know, the, the time this should be happening is like April and May, right, right after Easter. Mm-hmm. So I go there and we go to Mass and I don't see any, you know, Ceremony that I was waiting for. 
And we went behind the altar, and they did it right there, just him and I, with the priest. And, really? And we had our own little ceremony. I thought we were going to see all kinds of people. And he, he just, you know, but he did it all. You know, I kneeled, he right. put his hand Kept on my shoulder. Simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's my godfather, legally, for confirmation. Your confirmation sponsor, yeah. yeah. But the funniest thing is we witnessed, and, even, and the question that, doing, uh, that uh, Pat and I had this week, when we were preparing for the show, he asked me where Anthony Scotto was because unbeknownst to us or Pat at the time, we had our book signing just a year ago mm-hmm. at Fresco by Scotto. Mary, well, his, his work gets a little complicated for the people who are listening to us. How are the Scottos related to Anastasia? That's what I was going to get to. Okay. So Tony Anastasia's oldest daughter is Marion. He has, he has like, you know, a few kids. Mm-hmm. But, but Miriam Scotto, I mean, Miriam Anastasia, mm-hmm. was tough Tony's daughter. And there was an up-and-coming guy on the waterfront called Anthony Scotto. And he winds up marrying tough Tony's daughter. Right. And with that said, when tough Tony is forced to step down, he turns it over to his brother, um, son-in-law, which almost is like, thank God he was smart as he was, because he did some time. But the whole family is so well known. I go to church now with Anthony Scotto. Every Saturday I see him in church. Really? This is Tony Anastasia's grandson. Wow. I mean, and we have a book party at the Scottos, mm-hmm. which, you know. Uh, that was a fine Italian restaurant. I mean, oh, my God, yeah. For, for the person who, was, who, uh, yeah. who last week uh, asked where we should go for a good Italian meal, that's 52nd one of the best, Street the off best. of 5th Avenue. Right off of Madison, between Madison Park and 52nd Street. Mm. Fresco by Scotto. Well, I'm and getting hungry just thinking about and it. And they're all there. I mean, the whole family's there. In fact, a lot of our audience, probably unbeknownst to them, have seen them cook numerous times on the Today Show. Yeah, they're very involved. They're very involved. In television. Yeah, and, and, and this, the daughter has a Good Day America, which is only for the tri-state area, Roseanne Scotto. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you start to think about it. Anthony Scotto, talk about a small world, his wife's father is one of my best friends, which is scary, unfortunately, because he's doing life in, in prison. Really? A nice guy, though. It was coincidental. I mean, this kid was bullying him and uh, up-and-coming kids in the neighborhood, and they had no respect. And he warned the kid a couple of times. In fact, I, went, I, I mean, that's how close I was to this guy. I told his brother that I would go testify for him because I was just tried on a similar situation, not tried, but had a hearing on it. And you, you, you don't provoke an older man and think you're going to intimidate him. Even now, I mean, I'm 77. Provoke me, I, I'll kill you. Mm. <laughs> sir. No, sir. Yeah, yeah. I'll warn you first, but I'm just saying. Just because we're old, like they're sucker punching people now. Right. I'm walking the streets with a weapon. I hope somebody tries to sucker punch me. We'll, we'll write another book. Why should we? Hey, that'd be a great episode, by the way, if that happens. Yeah, hello. (laughs) Oh gosh. No, but so just—I mean—it's so crazy how the Anastasias, which to me, I played Albert Anastasia in a movie. Mm -hmm. I get to know the whole history, which I knew part of it. Right. And his brother baptized me in the fifties. I mean, it's crazy how this keeps going. And Pat was sitting in the restaurant. The Soloways threw a beautiful dinner for us that night. About yeah. 30 people, wasn't it? Oh, at least. Yeah. And yeah. a heckler is in the room as one of their guests. So he was at the table with you? He was at the well, table. Well, this table was a huge square table. With, huge you know, square it, table. It, it, was, it was one enormous table. Right. Okay. And we were all Squared looking off. at each other. Yeah, maybe 40 people. There was 10, 10 yeah. looking 40. But I'm talking about John Casamitidis, Tommy Toons. I mean... All walks of life. Right. I mean, a couple of my friends. 
That maybe can't be and named. That, and that, that, that was Sidat, and we were on that back end. I remember you, you on the left-hand side with your family. Yeah. We were against the wall because we have a tendency to want to sit that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And here's this idiot on the right-hand side of me. And, you know, this was a big night for me. Of course. Accomplished having a book written and... Pat and I, we got so many accolades. Your family. Yeah, was was a, that, that was one of the best nights of my life. At the book signing. Yeah, that was, that was a great time. It was a great thing. And so now I start. With, I just wanted to say a few words. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I want to thank all of you in the Soloways, obviously, for supporting this night and hosting the night. They paid for the whole thing. And they've been supporters of mine forever. And this guy, I said, I'm not going to sing. I'm just going to say a few words. As soon as I said, I'm not going to sing, he said, I'm glad you're not going to sing. And then I said something else, and he said something else. Oh, then, oh, I said, and Pat and I wrote this book. He said, I'm glad you have help, because I know you can't write. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, this guy, you know, he, he wouldn't let it alone. I know. And, I, and that, that wasn't right. And the ensuing, uh, did they use the word brouhaha anymore? I don't think so. Don't anyway, know. it was, it was a, a, Johnny got, got angry, and justifiably so. But it made page six in the New York Post the next day. Yeah. And you know, I, mean, I don't know how many people have seen it. Did you get to see the that? page six article? Oh yeah. Oh, I got it. You want me to read it? Yeah, I want you to. Yeah, because it's brief, but it's it's definitely worth reading. Yeah. So it's titled "Don't Interrupt Hollywood Godfather Gianni Russo when he's talking." So this is how it <laughs> goes. <laughs> this is how it goes. Gianni Russo, who claims he has killed people, showed his hot temper at a dinner in his honor at Fresco by Scotto when another guest interrupted him more than once with jokey asides. The singer-actor, who started out as an errand boy for mobster Frank Costello, angrily shouted, You think we're doing an act here? Every time I say something, you say something. Get out. This is my night. Hosts Dick and Dada Soloway and guests such as Tommy Toon, Rita Cosby, and John and Margot Casamitidis were stunned to silence. But then Russo smiled and calmly continued where he left off, and the table of 24 applauded. That's a great Joe Pesci, said one guest, referring to the you're a funny guy scene in Goodfellas. <laughs> Russo was celebrating the publication of his memoir, Hollywood Godfather, and announced that he and his co-writer, Patrick Picciarelli, are at work on a second volume. Actually, Gianni has about six books in him, said Picciarelli. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I tell you, uh, obviously that, that incident wasn't planned, but I'm, I wonder how many books we sold. I don't know. Just because yeah. of that. <laughs> well, yeah, just, but see, most people don't know because I am so respectful. That would be the last place I would create a ruckus. Try to make a scene, yeah. Well, because out of respect to, you know, the, to who? Anthony. You know, Scott I don't mind somebody saying one thing and, and get a laugh, and that's it. Right. You can say one thing. But that's like when you're trying to make it about you. Like, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but this guy went on, and on. And right. On. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Shut up. I said, here it comes. Uh, oh. <laughs> and, 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 and Susan looks at me and sees my wife. She says, here what comes? I said, just wait. <laughs> and, and it arrived. It erupted. Johnny, ever the gentleman, and yeah. he's always that way, calls me the next day and he said, I didn't scare your kids, did I? <laughs> and I said, listen, it's going to take a lot more than that to scare my kids. Okay. Besides that, he, I said, they got a kick out of it. They thought this was great. Uh, and, and they did. And they no, thought, that's good. No, but I mean, you know, it's just, I, I'm, I'm not that guy. I ain't going to let you. And especially on that night, I, I wouldn't take heckling any, anywhere. Right, but on this night we're here with the work, work we put into this and the, the accolades we were getting. And he's trying to oh, he's, he's a, make a he's joke out of it. He's still on television. I, I don't want to say his name because I wouldn't give him that kind of attention. But I heard he just got nominated for a Tony. Hmm. Well, wow, really? I, yeah. Wow. He, well, it's in the newspaper. He's a talking. He has a talking pitches show and a lower end show. Yeah. He got a Tony Award, a, a nomination. Oh. Anyway. Yeah, that was. Uh, Anyway, Johnny and I this week we're, we're preparing for this uh, for the show, and we're throwing all these names around. And uh, uh, Anthony Scotto, of course, you know, I did the research, and I lived in New York at the time. And he said, "Whatever happened, to Anthony Scotto?" He said, "Dummy, you were talking to him the night of the book party." <laughs> oh my god! He gosh. was the host. He was the host of the that's restaurant. his restaurant. Place. Him and his wife actually <laughs> own that I restaurant. Said, that's yeah, so funny. He turned that's his funny. life around, and a lot of us who knew him long, long—I mean, his life on. On the waterfront, he was a powerful guy. He only answered to Carlo Gambino. Hmm. Yeah, I, I said, well, "What the hell kind of a detective am I? I don't even know the." <laughs> <laughs> well, he changed a lot. He's he's, he's he, you know, a much older man. Yeah, yeah but you know, and, but still, I felt like a jerk. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he uh, 
he had he had problems. Uh, it wasn't anything bad. It was a bad business. Okay. Well, yeah, he was in you know in, in the, the waterfront. Hmm. They they ran everything. Everybody's a target down there anyway. Uh, so he he had you know rough patch. He did his uh, did what he had to do, and uh, he's got one of the most successful, if not the most successful, Italian restaurant. Oh and yeah. I tell you, in a, in a, in a city where you survive in a, in a restaurant business for a year, you're made. And he's been a, a, around for thirty years. Yeah, I mean, the food and, is phenomenal. And, and it's again, here's a, a full circle of a restaurant tour. Is my other friend in New Orleans? Oh, uh, oh, oh, Casello. Call him Marcellus. Carlos Marcellus. Marcello, mm. yeah. He's spit that out. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I'm getting contagious to you. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm telling you. I've stuttered a few times now too. No, but Jeez. his rest, his restaurant's forty years old already. Wow. And I mean, and he was the head of the longshoremen all that time also. Mm. I mean, he got he got he got appointed boss in '47. And still was the boss in the eighties wow. when he retired. You know, and the the New York press can be brutal because when uh, Rosanna Scotto, she started out as uh, an on-air reporter for Eyewitness News, uh, ABC, uh, local news station. And when she started to come into her own, and uh, she was one of the stars of that show, they have to bring up her husband's problems. Now, why do they always do that? Hmm. You know, right. her father's problems. You mean? The father, pardon right. yeah. Uh, why, why, why do they have to do that? The same thing happened with uh, Geraldine Ferrara when she was uh, asked to be uh, Walter Mondale's vice presidential candidate. I believe it was 1980. I mean, the woman had a stellar career as a, a local politician, congresswoman, etc. As soon as she's nominated, they start dragging out the dirt, mob connections. Her husband... Uh, Forget his name. Do you, do you have his name handy, Megan? Um, what was the Zaccaro? I think his last yeah, name. Yes, Zaccaro. Yeah, I don't have the first okay. name, but it was Zaccaro. Yeah. Uh, they asked him. Now he's not running for any office. They asked him to produce his tax return. Mm -hmm. Now you know if you're running for president, even vice president, okay, you know it, it's it's not a rule, it's not a law, but they uh, the candidates produce their tax returns. In this particular case, uh, Geraldine Ferrara and her husband filed separately, and that's what they always did. And the press made a big deal out of this because, uh, you know, he was Italian, and what's he trying to hide? And uh, it, it hurt her. Mm -hmm. it, 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 hurt, it hurt her chances. Well, you know, uh, I'll, I'll go back many, many years when I, I got friendly with uh, Mario Como, you know, early on in life. This guy, he, he, his Democratic background in New York City, he was Secretary of State from uh, 1975 to 78, became the Lieutenant Governor in 79 to 80, and then the Governor. And I can never forget, he did three terms as the Governor until 1983. And I don't know how many people, I don't know how many people around even remember his speech, The Tale of Two Cities, that he gave at the Democratic Convention. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what put him in the spotlight. Right. And now... I, I remember. Yeah, and see, I had... I, early, early on, when the, I, all the kids, the five kids, the Como kids, were sitting with their grandmother at the Waldorf Astoria, 1,500 people, black tie dinner, the Columbus Club, which is one of the, one of the most prestigious clubs in Italian history, in, I would say in the United States. Is right here up on uh, 68th Street and 5th Avenue. They're the ones who have the Columbus Day Parade each year and all that. They give that honorary, the outstanding Italian for that year. And I, I can remember it was like it was yesterday. The, the family's on the, uh, the, he's on the dais with dignitaries, mm -hmm. and the family was at a round table in front of them. And it was, uh, you know, Matilda, kids, Andrew, who's our governor now. Mm -hmm. Como was there is like a young kid, and I went. They asked me to sing "Mama," Mario's mother. Really? And I was the only one that could sing it in Italian. Huh. So I went over there, and I didn't want to sing it on stage. I went down to the table, kneeled down on because she was a little old lady, mm -hmm. and all these little kids, and I sang "Mama," 
in Italian and then in English. Well, the room went crazy. The people were crying hmm. because, you know, it's, it's such an emotional song to begin with. It's too bad that wasn't recorded, you know, uh, at the time. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. right. Think about it. Yeah. But I have never not seen Mario Como where he never stopped thanking me. Until just re even recently, I'm at my friend William O'Shaughnessy's birthday party, and I'm, I see Matilda because you know, her husband passed on two or, year, two or three years ago. But what the, the moral of the story is: after that speech, the tale of two cities, they wanted him to run for president for the Democratic yeah. Party, and he, nobody knew why he wouldn't. He was reluctant to to turn it down, he was in, in caught between it. But Matilda's father had connections with the mob. And they knew- Definitely would have been brought out. Of course, and the Republican Party would have had a heyday with it. And the guy, unfortunately, you know, it, uh, he just stepped down. It was like, uh, and, and I mean, he's known as probably the, one of the best Italian American politicians and family men in the world. And that's why even Andrew now, I think, has accolades, thinking it's a, you know, a generation of separation. But I don't think they leave that alone even today. I mean, politics have gotten so vicious. It's, oh, it's, it's dirty. crazy. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, that's but, for sure. But uh, I, told you, uh, I told you that uh, Mario Cuomo saved my job, right? Yeah, yeah but I, I, I think that's worth saying. Repeating, yeah. If I remember, you met him up in Harlem at an event. No, what happened was my... Uh, my ex-wife, she was a cop. She had uh, stage four cancer, and uh, the job was going to put her out the pasture, basically. And uh, I, I didn't agree with the concept that if you're sick, you're going to lose your job. Now, they would have put her out in like a 16% pension. That wasn't even the point. They're telling you you're sick, you can't perform your, your job, even though she was on her way to getting healthier again. Mm -hmm. But they, they were going to get rid of her. Long story short. Uh, I started going on every local television show and radio show there was the champion, not only her cause, but the cause of every other cop was going to get bounced from the job for being out, what the, the department called long-term sick. Anyway, they brought me up on a bunch of charges. I was a lieutenant. So uh, a lieutenant is a pencil pusher. No, no matter what you see on reruns of Kojak, we, uh, <laughs> we, we have people under us. We don't go out and solve crimes. Trust me. Anyway, you can make a lot of mistakes pushing paper. And they get, I was charged with 37 counts of administrative uh, uh, misdeeds, forgetting wow. to sign forms, uh, forgetting to submit forms. Anyway, the old... All red tape bullshit. Yeah, all bullshit. But Ben Ward was pissed off that I was on every show basically calling him a useless drunk, which is what he was. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, he was bad. Yeah, they couldn't find him for days at a time because he was out on the tooth. That said, I don't... I, I digress. Yeah. Well, uh, you don't want to say anything bad the ultimate, about the guy. <laughs> the ultimate penalty... Is he alive yet? <laughs> no, he drank... Oh, the, the, the ultimate penalty, Good way to go. PD, I'm trying no, it. <laughs> no matter what you do, is getting fired. So they were going to bring me to the trial room. The police department has its own court system and they were going to fire me. I was already told this. So my wife is getting an award, had gone to the White House. Uh, Reagan gave her an, an award for uh, uh, basically fighting for a job and all this. She got the Teddy Roosevelt Award. She got so many awards. I met Reagan in the Rose Garden. It was very wow. nice. So now it's Cuomo's turn. Wow. And uh, his wife, Matilda, is a big deal in the American Cancer Society, as you know, Gianni, I'm sure. Uh, oh, yeah. So we go up to the governor's mansion in Albany, and it was a big thing. He wasn't there, uh, Mario Cuomo, the governor at the time. Uh, but, you know, we're taking pictures and everything, and all of a sudden, he materializes. He's like passing through. And uh, Matilda says, oh, you have to you have to meet this couple and introduce us and everything. So, you know, he's looking at his watch and his people are telling him, we got to go. And he said, you know, and it's a, a thing that all politicians say. Hey, if there's anything I could ever do for you, let me know. And I grabbed a hold of his arm, his forearm. Wow. And I said, funny you should ask. And I, I knew he didn't mean what he said, but I wasn't going to let this go. I was I'm surprised one of the security didn't grab you. I had 19 years on the job. Pension was going to go away. So I said, Here's, here's my problem in 25 words or less, but you can check it out. And I gave him just the details very quickly. He said, yeah, 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 I'll take care of it. I said, well, I'll, I'll never hear from this guy again. I go to the trial room, first day, this kangaroo court, and I know I was going to lose and get fired. The, the prosecutor, I'll never forget this guy, it was Captain Wells, and he was a nice guy, but he was doing his job. And he takes me outside before the trial started. He said, I don't know who you know, but here's the deal now. No trial. 
uh, and you're going to retire. I said, I don't want to retire. He said, yes, you do. And I actually went down that day and put my papers in and retired. Cuomo said my job. Wow. He made the call. That's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's and I'm indebted guy, to him and his family. Yeah. Uh, they're very nice people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why, you know, I, I had a run-in that we all know about uh, this summer. In fact, maybe you could pull that one up with, uh, again, it was, no, it was TNZ, I think. TMZ was TMZ, this one? TNZ, page six. I talked to him about when I sang to the grandmother, and the youngest kid was Chris Como, sitting there. I never saw him again. I see him on television. You know, he's on CNN. He's a correspondent. Yeah. That and this summer, I come out of Westchester Convention Center doing an appearance, and the TNZ camera people are there, and they said, "Johnny, did you hear what just happened to Chris Como out at Shelter Island?" Oh, yeah. In Sunset Beach. I said, no. He said, well, that's why we found out you're here. We want to feel, we want to hear your response to this. I said, what is it? And they said, he said, calling me Fredo, which was the weakest son of the Godfather. Who, who called him Fredo again? I forgot. Some, some guys were harassing him at the bar, oh, drink, okay. drinking, and they called him Fredo. And he responded saying, calling me Fredo is like calling me the N-word. And the Italians don't like that. So they told me this, and I'm saying, first of all, he, he, over, he, he don't talk with the bit. Italians. Are you crazy? <laughs> he, he overreacted a bit, don't you think? Not only that, they, they caught it all on cell cameras. So they had him. Yeah, someone was taking a video of him, of him yelling at this guy. Yelling at him and all this. So obviously I just reacted and said, listen, first of all, he doesn't speak for the Italians as a whole. Mm-hmm. And how does Fredo... Compared to the end. Yeah, how can you make that comparison? How do you make it that? In general. Well, that was viral. character, Andrew. Yeah, but not only that. <laughs> For me, again, it's we sold more books again because that went viral. I yeah, know. it was the video I I, of you. I, 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 saw, I saw it the next. In fact, uh, uh, Susan said, he, he did it again. Yeah, right? <laughs> he he, he made headlines six. again. Get, yeah, get a load of this. And I looked at it and said, ah, that's my man. Oh, right. <laughs> Well, I want to read. A, I want to read a portion of it. So this was TMZ, and so it basically introduces you and what your comments are on it. it. Says Johnny says that's nonsense. All Fredo means is that someone's weak. There's nothing else to it. He also says Chris's dad, ex-governor Mario Cuomo, would have smacked him over this. Oh, he would. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot. Quote, I did man. say that. Yeah, I did say that. Yeah. How do you dare? I mean, first of all, I mean, not not The Godfather. I would have to think ninety percent of our audience feels probably one of the best movies in the world. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, if we looked at your family, Chris, if you listen to the show, you are the Fredo of the Como family. Here we go. <laughs> and yeah, maybe it's slightly an insult, but not as big as you yeah, did. Not as big. I mean, Perhaps he had a couple of cocktails in him. I'm I'll, sure I'll he did. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he, he didn't like being heckled in general and then just made a bigger deal over it. But you know, the, maybe the, had a bad day. The good well, news about that, though, I, I wanted to look him up because I, you know, I'm, I see him on the, I don't know. This guy's a lawyer. He graduated cum laude of his class, and the family he represents, I mean, his father has to be rolling over in his grave with this thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's stupidity. But Well, sometimes we see, you know, I don't want to defend the guy, but sometimes we open our mouths and insert our feet, and mm-hmm. that was his turn. Right. We all do it. We all do it. Oh, listen, I do it all the time, but I make sure there's reporters around. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be working out. It's working out good. So I mean, so what? Again, I mean, we're just we're, we're talking about for people who are not following us. We're talking about crime families that basically rose to be legitimate business people, right? And didn't get caught up in the family's ways, but overcame it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, and, but unfortunately, cost Mario Como the White House, I think, yeah, and, I think he, so and even. Uh, What's her name? Geraldine Ferrara. Geraldine Ferrara. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she, had a she was never shot. the same after that. No. Uh, she, she, she tried to backtrack, and she, she had that, that silly quote that people misquoted her for years to come about. Well, in, in uh, reference to, to, to separate tax returns, well, you know, I am married to an Italian, or words to that effect. And people could take that any way they want. Oh, cool. yeah, that could have gone it. badly. Yeah, that, she, yeah, I'm sorry she said it. She didn't mean what she said, but it ruined her career. Maybe her and Chris should get together. 
Maybe. But she died in 2011, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah, she has since passed away. Yeah, she died of pneumonia. But she wasn't an old woman. No, she was sick, though. She was oh. she was diagnosed with something. I don't know what it was okay, towards right. the end, but, yeah, she was sick. She was sharp. She had a sense of humor. She didn't take anything seriously. I, 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 I recall her being in a lot to say. But what, what was her position politically prior to running? Or congresswoman. Getting? Oh, she was a congresswoman. Yeah. What, New York? She had, she had plenty of political experience. But New York? Yeah. Okay. Queens somewhere, I think. Hmm. Oh, it's, uh, it's crazy. How, yeah, yeah. Her, uh, her husband was part owner in a, a restaurant on, uh, on, on Bell Parkway. Oh, my on God. On the water called Abba Marcos. We used to go there for brunch a lot on Sundays. It was a nice place. He was, uh, he was a silent partner there. But after this came to light with the tax thing, he wasn't silent anymore. No, I can imagine. They, really? they, they found that out, too. And big deal. He owned an Italian restaurant. So what? But you it know? was actually on the Bell Parkway? It's on the Bell Parkway. Uh, you, you know where all the, the, the swamps are, where literally the bodies are buried? Yeah. That's where the restaurant is. It's on a pier. They built a pier. Oh, and wow. At the end of the pier is a restaurant. I'm pretty sure it's still there. They may have changed the name of it. I mean, I haven't been here in 30 years. But, uh, you know, I've never was, been there. He was involved. It was not a neighborhood we would go. No. No. Not particularly. No. Not for that, me. That, that, it's really a neighborhood that you pass through. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason. On the way to the airport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to escape. <laughs> well, so whatever happened to uh, uh, Albert's, uh, Albert's brother? What became of him? Tony. Tony died Tony. of old age. This... Recently? Or... Oh, no. no, no uh, that's a good question. I, I think I have his date of birth. He died. Uh, no, that's the other guy. <laughs> I went to Everybody your Everybody died. Yeah. Tony. Let me see if I can find a real it's quick. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, because he wasn't... Uh... He was a low-key guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think he died so in... So he eight, died he... in 63? No way. Oh, yeah, no. 60... No, he did. I'm going to tell you why I knew it. He died right after Kennedy assassination. Is that weird? Wow. Wow. Talk about that. That's... Yeah, because uh, he confirmed me... In, Wait, it was in... March 1st. He died March 1st, so it was yesterday. Yesterday. Wow. 1963. Yeah. So he, it was before... It was before he confirmed me in 1958. So figure that out. Wow. Yeah, so he died six months before the assassination. So why did he yeah. die, do you know? Oh, was you said it was old age? Yeah. Oh. oh, he was born in, well, it doesn't seem like old age. He was born in 06 and died in 63. 57. Yeah. What do you have? Would what that have been old age back what then? What did they say? No, Let no, it's say. a heart attack more than likely. That's how they all go. Yeah. Mm. They don't Bad diets. They don't have Tastes good on the way down, but they catch it up to you. Yeah. Mm, let me see if I can say it. Oh, died of a heart attack. Yep. There you go. All right. Well, I think we should go to the mailbag. All right. Let's and, do it. Uh, let's see who's asking questions. <laughs> All right. So first is a comment and question from Jessica. Jessica says, I'm a huge fan. I've purchased two copies of the book and have listened to the podcast since the beginning. Why? Just because you lost one? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Maybe it was a gift, you know. Oh, nice. Thank you, though. She said, I also purchased Bloodshot Eyes. I love the show and always look forward to the next one. My question for today is, who is Ori Spado and how much influence did he really have? I heard an interview with him on True Crime Tuesday, the same podcast I first heard Gianni. That interview is why I purchased the book and started listening to the podcast. I don't know. We'd have to, we'd have to appeal to our comrade here. Pat, who's this guy? Never heard of the guy. Really? Yeah. Not even a rumor. Say that name again, Ori please. Ori Spado? Spado? Spell it. Uh, O-R-I is his first name. S-P-A-D-O. Now I know I don't know. Uh, he's you, an Danny? author? I just Googled him real quick, and it said he's an author. There's a lot of authors self, out Yeah, self-published. Self Moving on, we don't know. Hmm. We don't know. All right. We, we, we'd like to meet him. Yeah. How, how you doing? <laughs> All right. Sorry. Okay. Next one is from Kevin. Kevin says, I've submitted five questions to you since the beginning of the podcast and you have answered every one of them. So I thank you for that. Great. This one may be a bit personal. And if you decline to answer, I'll understand. But I don't hear you speak very often about your parents. Did you have much contact with them after you got out of the hospital? Were you resentful in a way? How about siblings? I'd rather not answer that. Okay. It's just too negative. All right. In every way. Okay. Including the siblings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one is from Christy. Christy says, Gianni, I'm a Kansas City girl born and raised. What can you share about the Savellas and the mob in Kansas City? Are you oh, kidding? Boy. I love the Savellas. <laughs> Jane, there's an episode right there. Yeah. I mean, she's uh, Nick and Carl and, and even the, the, the nephew Butchie. Butchie had a nightclub called Mothers where I actually performed. 
Really? Oh, no, not the Sabellas to me. Well, Corky Sabella, who was the boss, they had me on FBI wiretap with DeLuna and uh, three other major guys when I borrowed $73 million to build my hotel in 1980. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And I filled out my loan application on a napkin. (laughs) What? Well, that's an official form if you're if you're taking out a loan. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, uh, right. That's how it's union done. Union pension online. funds. Yeah. You just fill it out on a that or a beer coaster. There you go. <laughs> I I can go on and on about this. We we may do that one time. You don't want to do it now. You just want to save it for later. No, it's a whole. This is an hour. This is a mailbag. All right. <laughs> All right. Next one is from Steve. Steve says, Mr. Russo, one of my favorite stops in Las Vegas is Batista's Hole in the Wall. Have you ever patronized Batista's? And if so, what was it like back in the day? The podcast is very entertaining and informative. Great team, content, and characters. Keep up the great work. God bless you all. Batista's Hole in the Wall is an old family restaurant. Been there probably one of the first restaurants in, in, in Vegas. I would have to say maybe the 50s or 60s. It's still there. Really? This is old Vegas, obviously. Yeah, old Vegas. Hmm. All right. Next one is from Christopher. Christopher says, first and foremost, I love the podcast and the book. I've always been intrigued with the Italian culture. Growing up in Galveston, Texas, I have always heard stories of the famous Balinese room where the Rat Pack hung out in Texas. In the book and on the show, you talk about coming to Texas during the election of JFK. Did you have any stories about Texas or coming to Galveston? No, I was just delivering envelopes. And, and a suitcase one time. I flew, to, I flew to Dallas and they drove out 50 miles. They picked me up and uh, I dropped off a suitcase at the uh, Johnson Ranch. <laughs> hmm. And a week later, he announced that he's his running mate. To wow, the you don't say. Read the sequel. Yeah. Read the sequel. <laughs> That's all we got to say. <laughs> all right, next one is from Frank for Patrick. Frank says, hi, guys. I'm now starting to listen to the shows twice. Anyways, Pat, could you talk a little bit about Frank uh, Serpico and that era in being in the police department in NYC? Another great movie by Pacino, but the real life story is just incredible. My opinion of Frank uh, Serpico, for those of you who don't know who Frank Serpico was, during the uh, 1970s, there was a, a commission to investigate corruption in the NYPD called the Knapp Commission. He was one of the star witnesses uh, where he testified that he tried to uh, expose corruption in the NYPD plainclothes division that he was in. Back then, plainclothes was a a division. It wasn't how people dressed. Hmm. Uh, Plainclothes enforced gambling laws uh, primarily, uh, vice laws uh, like that. He resisted being put on a pad. Back then, uh, corruption was widespread. It wasn't one or two cops here. It's a whole division was was on what was known as the pad. But Frank, who I met a couple of times, in fact, I introduced him to a uh, to his girlfriend that he went out with for a while. And I'll tell you the end of that story in a couple of seconds. But Frank was more of a uh, follower than a leader, and uh, he was led around by a, a lieutenant named David Dirk. He wanted to be the mayor of the city, and Dirk uh, led him to the New York Times, and there was a big expose, and that's how Serpico uh, came to the forefront. Now, not taking anything away from uh, uh, Serpico's beliefs, he was an honest guy, uh, but he, he couldn't navigate the political waters of New York. David Dirk could. Anyway, I set him up, but he, he wondered why uh, he, he, he couldn't get women. He said, I, I, well, I have a hard time getting girlfriends. I said, maybe, Frank, maybe it's because you have a tarantula and a boa constrictor in your apartment. Does that he really? It? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was. Anyway, oh my he, gets, God. he gets said, this was the, the close friend of the woman, that, the girl, who was young then, uh, that I was seeing. He sets Serpico up with this, with her, and I was involved in this. And all of a sudden, he vanishes. Now, this was during the... Uh, not commissioned or, or, or thereafter. And he said he vanished because uh, the cops were after him to kill him because he testified. What? How ridiculous this was. I mean, I did, didn't even want to address it. The real reason was he got he got the girl pregnant. Oh. Oh, wow. And to avoid 
Saint Peter thinks about this guy, but he winds up in, in, in Sweden for 18 years. Coincidentally, when the kid turns 18, he comes back. Oh my so God! While, while I go admire, to Sweden while I, to avoid paying. That's uh, what. I, this is my opinion, and Jesus. my opinion. Well, not my opinion only, but this is my opinion. Hmm. So. No, uh, that's what you think he went she for? Had, she had the kid. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know if he ever paid child I got support. 11 kids. I, I don't know anything about it. But the thing is, I admired the guy for what he did. Unless I wanted to. Mm. Yeah, and I admired the guy for what he did. It was a time when, when you didn't speak against other cops. I mean, it just wasn't done. I mean, there were cops that were doing hits. Literally. But he did do it, though. He did but speak He did it, him. but he wanted to do it. He was an honest guy. I, I, I give him credit for that. Oh, my God. But okay. he, he didn't. He couldn't navigate the politics and this is where David Dirk came in and they, David Dirk brought him here brought him there introduced him to the NAP commission uh, Dirk testified didn't have much to say he was a he was a pencil pusher basically he ran for mayor I think he got three votes uh, <laughs> and that was then Dirk recently passed away I think about a year or two ago and uh, Serpico is living on Long Island now. No, but, uh, I mean, when you think about what you two, said 82 hmm. if you if you just he disappeared did he get his pension how do you live 18 years in Sweden? Well, he got, you, know, you get your pension. You get, you get paid anywhere you go. I believe he got put out on a, uh, a job-connected disability because he got shot uh, in the face. So that's uh, he was shot in the face. of your pay tax-free for the rest now, of that, the That's life. a great disability. Who shot him in Wait, the face? Wait, yeah, what? Let, he was pushing his way into an apartment. They were doing a raid, and he got, uh, naturally I wasn't there. The story was he got caught up in the door. The guy tried to jammed the door on him when he's when they realized he was a cop and one of the guys inside one of the bad guys inside the apartment Ooh. shot through the door and hit him in the face Ooh, uh, of course uh, it, it hits the press that the cops try to assassinate him you know, it's ridiculous oh they did a raid and he got hurt i'm sorry he did but once you put out whether you're uh, uh no matter what kind of pension you have for example the mafia cops remember the mafia cops oh, yeah. Hello. yeah okay they got their pensions then they got arrested and convicted and they continue to draw their pension that's ridiculous. Once you once you're vested and you once you draw that first check, they can never take it away from you. Wow! And they didn't. So uh, Epolito, who died about four months ago, uh, died. He was still getting his pension check. That's crazy. Yeah. I wonder why so they would do that. He was able to support. Him. So plus, I mean, he was he was in great demand. Uh, Serpico as a as a speaker, uh, he, he he started to write. He wrote articles. He never wrote a book. But uh, now he's and today he's living on Long Island. Who knows what he's. Every now and then he surfaces to come in to, to speak before groups on, uh, on police matters. He's a well-spoken guy, uh, very sharp. I mean, he's in his 80s, and he's sharp as when he was younger. Hmm. Uh, but uh, anyway, all right. that's what I would, didn't know the guy very well at all. Hmm. I was just going to say, you know, we call him to have him come in. We'd like to talk to <laughs> Do Hollywood Godfather podcast mm -hmm. with Serpico. I think he turns all those down. I think he's ever done a podcast. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh well. All right. Next one is from Jason. Jason says, Gianni, how often do you visit Mulberry Street, and what is your go-to spot for dinner? And Pat, when was the last time you visited the area? Well, you first. Well, I I go anytime I can. I was there twice already this month alone, even in the cold. You even went. I did. I went a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, I went to Lamella. Yep, as did I. Frankie C is the best, you know. And then I, I got my uh, my friend, uh, uh, Baby John, <laughs> who is the cannoli king of the world now. Mm -hmm. And he's right next to Angelo's. I was there this Sunday actually, and Angelo's, for the people who don't know, had a fire about two years ago. And fortunately, they're reopening. It's one of the oldest restaurants on Mulberry Street, family yeah, run. I, I yeah. haven't been to New York since we had our book party, which was uh, about a year ago. Right. I when I first moved here, I couldn't stand the quiet. It was driving me nuts. I used to go back to New York like every two weeks. I'd invent any excuse. It's going to rain here. I got to get out of town. Oh my gosh. Go back to New York. I mean, anything to get out of here. And over the years, those uh, trips became less frequent, and I got used to the place. The you know the quiet of it all of a sudden became attractive. And oh. then I had the two boys, you know. And, yeah. So that, I really that, that, that's a jump though for you, right? For you to come in and. How long does it take you to get here? Three, four hours? Seven hour drive. Seven hours? And you would drive every time? Yeah. Oh, my wow. goodness. You can't, there's no train directly? Yeah, I, I, I took a train once, and uh, it took 12 hours. 
Yeah, I was about to say it probably but takes they stop longer. At every little one horse oh town right. from here to Jersey. Oh my god! And I said I'm not doing this. Well, a twelve-hour train yeah. would be insane. Oh, know, nuts! In fact, they reach a point where they actually put the train in reverse. If you can do that with a train, and they started to back up. I said, "Oh man, I'm going back to Pennsylvania." <laughs> oh no! Uh, oh, apparently, they had to get some kind of a siding to turn. Yeah, I love trains. Oh my but, god! Um, yeah, you're, you're you're on trains all the time. Yeah. Yeah, as am I. Yeah. All right. Next one is from Mary. Mary says, Gianni and Pat, I think you can both weigh in on this topic. What do you think it is about the mafia and organized crime that so many people find so fascinating? It's the history of it. That the gray area, women find it very sexy. They do. And I'm, I'm, in fact, I, I had a, a friend of my wife recently said, can you, can you hook me up with a gangster? This was like last week. Wow. A gangster? Yeah, a, a gangster. genuine gangster. Not a gangster, a, a genuine, genuine gangster. gangster. Mm, Preferably Italian. That's a difference. Well, she probably I said, I'll, 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 I'll work on it. <laughs> How old is this I, woman? I it, 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 it's the it's the mystique, you know. Yeah. We 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 all we all hate authority. We I all want to do something about it, but we don't because we're law-abiding citizens. But these guys, from their nose of authority, do whatever they want, and that has a lot to do with the mystique. They right. dress well, as Gianni said. They they drive nice cars. They got nice women. They do what the rest of us want to do, uh, but we we don't have the. Uh, in, the uh, testicular fortitude. I can't say balls on the radio, right? Well, you just did. <laughs> I know. No, it, it's, I hope it's, you're speaking for yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's just a different way, way of life. And since the, since the, uh, uh, talky movies came out, I mean, I don't think there's a gangster movie that, that's ever flopped. <laughs> and no. People love, they, they, they run to gangster pictures. No, except I have the to last correct you on that. The, the last, horrible. Uh, no, a, a Gotti movie. Oh. With, um, Travolta. John Travolta played John Gotti. Who the hell? Who that didn't did do the well. Thing on he must, he must be rolling over in his grave having John Travolta play him. Oh my God. Did you see the movie? No way. No way. I saw the movie. What'd you think of it? Uh, it sucked. Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe uh, Stacy Keach, Stacy Keach who played uh, O'Neill. Are you kidding he was, me? Stacey, he was good. The guy who played O'Neill, whoever it was, I'm thinking Stacy Keach, but maybe it was somebody else. Uh -huh. He was good. The only good thing in the movie, but the well, that, Travolta, that, was, that was Gotti's mentor. O'Neal. Travolta reminded me more of Junior than it did the senior Gotti. He reminded me more of his son for some reason. I, I well, his son was the an associate producer on it. Yeah, well, maybe he has something to do with it. But the, the, those were the vibes I got. That movie uh, never made wide release. I think it was in the oh, theaters no. for yeah. like two yeah. days. Oh, really? It did that, yeah, that really? Oh, yeah. Well, it got banned. Was it released at all? I don't know, to be honest with you. I just knew. I've never even heard about it. It had about four or five years in delays of getting out. I can understand why. The script sucked. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, but anyway, it went straight to video. Uh, if you got Netflix, Megan, you can you can watch it. Uh, oh, it's on Netflix. Have a couple of, have a couple of drinks with you. It'll help. No, I won't. <laughs> I won't go see The Irishman. I won't see it. No. You haven't I, seen it? It's long. No. I, I, I lost my totally... And um, everything I've heard about it, number one, and the the facts that Frank Sheehan made him, himself a part of, is all bullshit. Well, it's the movies. You I know, know, it's uh, a lot, well, right? I, I went because I wanted to see these all these oh, major yeah. stars together. Plus, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a Scorsese movie. But I'll agree. Uh, I had to watch it over over two nights. Uh, I couldn't sit mm. sit through it for three yeah, and a half hours. A long time. Yeah, I felt like I had to watch it because of how much we had talked about it. Right. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. it was long. <laughs> well, I think it's time to say goodnight. Yep. And we want to thank all of you for another great evening. And please share, tell the tell your friends, tune in. We we want to stay on the air. I mean, you know, it's we don't want to be sitting here talking to ourselves. <laughs> We're having fun. That's it. We love in, you. In a couple of more years, Johnny, you and I will be doing that. We'll be drawing and talking to ourselves. <laughs> no. But while we're here and we can think, yeah, we, yes, we want to... And challenge us. Keep, yeah. Don't forget, we do a whole show now once a month on mailbags. We're, we're, we're bringing all kinds of different varieties to it. And if you have any suggestions, please. I met a kid, Jason, today on, on Madison Avenue. He was a courier. A, a, a curator, a curator, curator at no at the museum. He can't stop listening to our show. <laughs> really? I mean, that's nice. When when yeah, he stopped me on the know, street. I thought I was going to hit my claim, but um, <laughs> he kept following me. I'm, I I walk like you know. I look in the mirror to see if everybody's following me. 
Because yeah. there's so much, this craziness of punching old people in the face or something. So I well, would, he's got to find some some old person. You you don't well, fall I'm, into that category. I, I, well, I'm, certainly not. not well, I, well, he, he, here's the thing, you know, the, for the listeners with with the uh, with email, we will answer any question you throw at us. Don't be shy, please. Right, or we'll say we won't answer it. Or become yeah. Either way, we don't know. I mean, you can ask. Question, we don't have the answer I'm to, still going to throw it out there and maybe it'll get cut down. Maybe it'll get answered. Ask us, Just ask wait us and anything. See. Don't feel that you're uh, insulting us or whatever. It's uh, makes for, for a good show. Your, your mail makes for a good show. Absolutely. But thank you all. God bless you. Good night. And tune good night. in next week. If you're feeling good night, guys. Good night, guys. There's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. Or when it seems your friends desert you. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.